Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Big Sky Conference men's basketball teams return to the Treasure State for the first time in more than two weeks starting tonight. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula, the Montana Grizzlies play their first home game since New Year's Day with Idaho coming to town. The last time UM took the court at Dahlberg Arena, the Grizz posted a 74-72 win over Weber State. UM has won 4 of 5 since Big Sky play re-engaged on December 30th, including sweeping Portland State and Northern Arizona on the road last week. The Vandals lost six straight games to start the new year, but beat Portland State on Monday for for their second straight win. The victories over PSU and Sac State marked the first two-game winning streak over Division I opponents since March of 2018 for the Vandals. The Grizzlies eliminated Idaho in the Big Sky Tournament last spring. In Bozeman, Montana State's men host Eastern Washington on Thursday in their first home game since beating the Grizz 66-59 on January 9th. The Bobcats have won 9 out of 10, including 5 in a row after last week's road sweep. EWU, the defending Big Sky champions, sit at 5-3 and three in league play despite the departure of head coach Shante Leggins and eight Eastern players in the offseason, including Tanner Groves, last season's league MVP. The Montana State women play at EWU tonight, and the Lady Grizz play in Cheney on Saturday. MSU and UM's games against the Idaho women were postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
maybe a little John Frusciante for you on a Thursday. It's my favorite song in the world to ski to. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport having their anniversary sale now with huge discounts on their lot here in Missoula, corner of Stevens and Mount, or by visiting nwmsrocks.com. Check out Northwest Motorsports' huge inventory and huge discounts right now. Their anniversary sale lasts until the end of this week. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the Advocates as well as Sportsbet Montana. As we do each Thursday, first hour of the show during basketball season, around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, the Krista Redpath. Appreciate Krista for contributing, as she always does this week. Our presenting sponsor was the Missoula Downtown Partnership. It's Dine Local Week, so visit MissoulaDowntown.com to check out all of what the Missoula Downtown Partnership has to offer. What up? Happy Thursday, everybody. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport celebrating their anniversary. You can always check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by heading over online to nwmsrocks.com. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Crystal Redpath, our Big Sky Conference insider. Appreciate her and appreciate the Missoula Downtown Association for sponsoring this week in Big Sky Conference basketball. As we're getting into sort of a routine now, Brooks Nuanas joins us here. SkylineSportsMT.com as well as uh, our resident NFL insider. Brooks, thanks for being here, man. How you living? I'm very good, man. It's the, that time of year where it's just crossover. Sports, sports, sports. There's yeah. lots of them going on. Yeah. Broad question for you. Because we talked about this on Tuesday with uh, our good friend Justin Angle on the business angle. The Olympics start next week. Oh, yes. You care. Oh, I love the Olympics. Me too, but what makes you care? It seems as if the care about the Olympics, particularly the Winter Olympics, has dissipated more than almost any other sport in the world. Why? Interesting. Well, I think that, you know, this global pandemic has not helped things no. like the Olympics. No. Nope. That's probably the number one issue uh, a sport could face is, is not being able to, you know, get together internationally. I think the Olympics for me are super exciting because the stories of the athletes are great, but it's so much about the athletic pursuit. Like sure. there is some personal aspects of it. I get to hear about someone's grandma they saved yeah, yeah. in Iceland when sure. they're, you know, kids. That's all great. I just like to see the world records fall. Sure. I just like to see someone get on some skis and jump 226 feet. You know, yeah. I love that. You know, the nationalism of it, rooting for America is really fun. Um, but yeah, just getting to learn new athletes that are not on any other kind of stage that don't do it for money. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't demean it because I'm in, I'm very intrigued in it as well. I think it's just a, a reallotment of how we will consume it and all of that. Like, are you going to be sitting down primetime TV watching pre-recorded events that you already know the results of? Or are you going to be following it live on the app on your phone? Are you going to be following it on Twitter? How are you going to be consuming this? I'm going to watch primetime for sure. I'm going to do some recording. I recently got some DVR. I haven't had cable for 10 years, so now I have this recording ability. It's, oh, buddy. It's brand new. It's great for sports. I forgot about it. It's a, like the uh, like the meme says, maybe someday somebody could bundle all the streaming services together and call it cable. <laughs> right, right. So I still have some services. Things get expensive around there, but <laughs> that's okay because there's a lot of good content out there. So I will be watching some primetime. I'll be texting our dear mother about figure skating and things oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because she's very, very into that. Primetime recording and then seeking out 
unique events to show my kids. There's some really cool stuff. There's that the event where they cross country ski and then shoot the bow. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I love it. Um, so there's some really fun stuff like that 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 we'll kind of track and then we're gonna watch. You know, some some snowboarding, some skiing, and some stuff that they, the kids will really enjoy as well. I think that the, us that just love watching humans pursue lofty goals and and uh, display their unique gifts. The Olympics still are awesome. They're great. I just think that it's lost a little bit of luster in the American sporting lexicon, and not for any sort of good reason, all, all because of bad reasons. But, like, you can sit there after an NFL weekend and debate all the calls the coach made. Why this? Why that? Why didn't the Bills squib it? All this sort of thing. So the conversation beyond the result is what people actually live for, for better or worse. Whereas there's not much of a conversation about this because unless you're some sort of incredible aficionado, there's no real way to even know or see like the difference between the perfectly landed aerials jump or, you know, I mean, when I'm watching figure skate, they all look unbelievable. I don't know what the difference is. Like you can kind of tell the nuances of when they really nail it, but then sometimes there'll be a routine where like, whoa, that was perfect. Why wasn't that a perfect score? Why is that worse than the one that was less perfect? Yeah, no, you don't have you don't have the nuance down, Coco. You need to watch more figure skating. It's all <laughs> about the height of the jump. Three uh, spins is more. Four spins is more than three spins. I, I do think you also mentioned just amateur athletics. I think that that's one thing that has been withdrawn a little bit is that even though these are quote unquote amateurs, they have to go through such a professional model in terms of training and in terms of. Um, branding and and resources and all that sort of stuff and uh, sort of the romanticism and naivety that used to exist particularly for the female stars like the figure skaters and the gymnasts when it comes to the summer olympics you know like small biles is unbelievable to watch she's also like in every element a completely pro athlete you know what i mean i mean she's a machine of a person to be able to perform like that so there's not necessarily the carrie shrugs and the mary lou rettens and the nadia komaniches and uh sure you know oksana boyul and whoever whatever figure skaters you might come to mind anyways sure i love the summer olympics more than the winter Olympics. oh for sure but there is this element that i have to get out there that i think is the coolest part of the olympics is that there is kids there's like children 16 15 16 years old and there's always someone who's also like in their 40s in their last olympics yeah right and those two lexicons competing against one another the first time olympian the fourth time olympian i love that yep and we have some cool montana olympic stories as well couple young ladies that have been on this show, including one who's been on the show many times, Maggie Voison from Whitefish, as well as Darian Stevens from right here in Missoula, Montana, are both on the U.S. freestyle team. So very cool. We both kind of cut our teeth up at the bowl up there at Stovall and uh, still producing epic freestyle skiers. I remember even back in the day, some of the people that would ski up there and you're like, yeah, that person definitely has a shot someday and uh, continue to pump them out. So very cool. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television coming to you here on a Thursday. Hope you're having a great week. Brooks, we've been talking so much NFL, and we are going to talk a little NFL, but I want to talk first about Big Sky Conference hoops because we've covered the Big Sky together now for eight years. I've been covering it for 15-plus. As weird as last year was, this year's even weirder because last year there was way less cancellations and things like that because everybody was so much more isolated. There was no fans in the stands. The procedures weren't known. That There's a, a lot of gray area there as well. But we've been sitting here trying and trying and trying to dive in to fully going all in on on analyzing the big sky for both men's and women's basketball. And last couple weeks, we've hit a little bit of a groove. This last weekend, all four Montana teams played for the first time in a long time. But now here we have uh, a game tonight in Missoula, Idaho coming to town to play Montana. And this is crazy because 
This was the first time the Grizz have played at home since I watched them against Weber State some 27 days ago, 26, 25 days ago. It's a long time away because, you know, the the Bobcat Grizz game gets rescheduled to a Sunday. I missed that one because we're still in Texas. And then uh, cancellation against Southern Utah on what was otherwise an open week for Montana, and then a road trip. So been hard to get a real bead on the Grizz, but that's kind of across the league too because not only is it not really that many viewing opportunities, but also – Every team that, that the Grizz or the Bobcats play swimming to try to figure out who all these guys are, too. Like, watching NAU, I was like, well, I don't know anybody besides Carson Touts. Jalen Cohn's a great addition for Virginia Tech, but, like, NAU doesn't have a senior. Cam Shelton's gone. Luka Dolovich is gone. Portland State, nobody. Not one guy besides Khalid Thomas is back on the team. So it was just so hard to, like, sort of get in the flow because usually that's the best part of what we do. We get to know all the teams in the league so well. So you have, like, this intimate knowledge of the matchup and what's going to play out. It's almost disorienting watching games because everybody's so new. That's the irony, actually, is Montana actually has more back from what we sort of familiarized ourselves with last season than ever before. But what do you think of this prospect of going to the Grizz? You've you only seen him one time live so far this year because of this sporadic schedule. Yeah, it's been different, man. And, and the, the league is um, – there's just some sporadic – outcomes in the league this year just due to some of you mentioned the scheduling some of the new players I mean that's not just us getting a scout on a player from Virginia Tech who's only played six games is a hard thing to do yeah you know there's some surprises in the league I think back and forth um, on the women's side so Utah playing really well is, it has been a surprise you know they've they've struggled over and over and I like what Tracy Sanders has, has done there I mean it's a, it's a she's turned that into what seems to be a, an up-and-coming program on the men's side Southern Utah's playing really well too so it's very interesting of course the the T-Birds are, are going to make this bombastic exit from the big sky in the weirdest way, the weirdest team with the weirdest coaches and the weirdest program. And by people, God, they people, might go win it on both sides. People in Montana are going to forget that Southern Utah even existed because they haven't come to Montana in two years. Yeah, they just opt out. <laughs> they happen to get COVID every single time they play the Grizz on the road. It's, yeah. what, a, what a deal. What a deal. Um, we don't need to digress there, but there is a real dynamic there, and it's, uh, it's quite – Southern Utah men have played like three road games in two years. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy the way that it's uh, it's all played out. But let's talk first about the result from earlier this week. The Montana State women take down the Lady Grizz. And a huge turning point because this Bobcat team was pretty clunky to watch because of their lack of outside shooting the first couple months of the year. And then Darian White goes down with an illness. We'll leave it at that, and uh, then they have to take 16 days off, and then they come back, and they're facing this four-game stretch in seven days, and they take care of business and sweep the entire homestand, and then they get a day off today, Thursday, because their game uh, at, excuse me, Montana State plays tonight against Eastern Washington, but their game on Saturday has been called off against Idaho. So MSU now, though, 6-2 and two in league play, and uh, I was Interested to see if they were a contender again or not. They look like a contender now coming out of their 73-59 win over Montana on uh, Monday evening in Bozeman. Yeah, and I'd say I'd say the lady the lady cats are are not quite as well rounded as they have been in the last you know five or six seasons where totally. they had so much depth and and really solid bench play and um, they have some 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 gals that have really come along um, that have made pretty big improvements that are that are major contributors but that whole program is really driven by Darian White right now totally and I think that was always going to be you know as a freshman she she played on a very um, deep team but then once it was going to be you know some of those seniors graduate it was going to be her team and it was going to be a program that was led by her and kind of the, the outcome of most games is going to be defined by Darian White which is a little different than what they've done in the in the, in the past years as I mentioned um, but as you said Colter the, the outside shooting has not really come along until recently they've shot it a little bit better 
But I think overall, they're going to beat teams playing good defense and, and getting up and down and you know controlling the pace and, and doing things that, that put them in the driver's seat during games. Um, but right now, it's such an open league that Darian White could go win it by herself. They could also lose in the first round. The fact that Idaho is struggling so mightily is the other big hiccup in the league. Didn't expect that. I mean, we both really appreciated all of the dynamics that both uh, Natalie Klinker and Gabby Harrington brought to Idaho, two of the best rebounding forwards in the league, and it really took a lot of pressure off Beyonce B. And now that it's B, and uh, they're hoping Sydney Gandy could come along, but not much there for Idaho. So that's definitely a, a lack of a contender that we expected to be a contender uh, in the big sky. The best part about it, though, is it's a neutral site tournament where right. everyone plays. Totally. I mean, they could go win it. I wouldn't count John Newley out for a second. Oh, absolutely. The, the two best neutral, MVP. The, the, the two best neutral site coaches in the Big Sky men's and women's are the two coaches in Idaho yeah. for the women's side. Seton Sobolewski and John Newley. That's not an opinion. That's a fact just in terms of the results so far. I mean, that's not to take anything away from uh, Travis DeCure at Montana or, or, or Trisha Binford or at Montana State or um, even Todd Simon at Southern Utah, but the two best neutral site coaches are Seton Sobolewski and, and John Newley at the two Idaho schools. Yeah, so. you could probably argue that the two best coaches in the league either, either way. No question. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Let's talk a little men's hoops. Brooks Nuanas in studio with us. Let's talk a little men's hoops. The Grizz seem to be fi- finding a little bit of an identity. I know it's not one that is uh, that a lot of people covet when you watch the Golden State Warriors and things like that or the way the basketball has evolved to be so up-tempo and so wide open and so much about shooting. But for those of an old-school nature, maybe you do appreciate it a little more. Either way, I don't think it matters what anybody thinks. Travis DeCure certainly very happy with a pair of road victories when his team averaged 62 points over those two road wins because his team still won by six and a half points in those two victories. So, uh, I mean... I don't care who you're playing. It's a ridiculous defensive effort if you hold a Division One team to 48 points. I mean, you're winning games by 10 points without scoring 60. There's no other school that really does that consistently besides Virginia. So, again, you can uh, you can bemoan the lack of entertainment value all you want, but this is the way the Grizz have decided they're going to win this year. And uh, I don't know. I don't actually – it might not be aesthetically appealing, but I actually don't think it's a flawed notion. I think it's actually smart. I think it's what they should do. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's working. I love personally – participating in that style of basketball. Sure. I love getting up in people and, and making it tough and, and grinding it out. Offensively, though, as you mentioned, Coulter, you know, it may not be the, the most beautiful thing, but how would you describe it? So there is like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a handful of options. Okay. There is a, um, a four out one in swinging around the horn, maybe shoot some threes. There's a, uh, a pick and roll, you yep. know, a, a high pick and roll. There is a dribble drive yep. offense. Uh, where do they like to score the ball? I don't know. To me, it's... Maybe in transition? Nope. To me, it's such... And and, and Montana has the ultimate trump card in the league because they have Travis Takir. If he controls the full game for 40 minutes, he will win 85% of those games. That's why he wants to play 58-48 because he knows that if it really comes down to his play calls and his sets, he will win. Now that Shante Leggins is gone, there's nobody in the league that's going to outcoach him. Period. Definitely. But it's also just a display, and I'm not saying that they're untalented. I do think they have some good young talent, but the talent, objectively, is not nearly what it was. They're running the same stuff that they were running when they had Michael Ogini, Ahmad Rory, and Jamar Co. They just don't have Michael Ogini, Ahmad Rory, and Jamar Co. When the point guard kicks it to the wing and the, the wing is supposed to penetrate and then make something happen, and that cues the entire motion of the offense, when it's Michael Ogini and he can get wherever he wants on the court, the whole offense looks beautiful. It flows so well. When you run the high-low, Fabian Krizlovic catches the ball at the top of the key and he dumps it down to Jamar Coe. It's just a perfect slap class layup and Jamar Coe's is just sitting there shooting 75%. 
looks pretty dang good. It's the same stuff that they've been running well before Coach Takir, you know? When it's when it's Matthias Ward and, and you know, Will Cherry and Anthony Johnson, looks pretty good. Kareem Jamar, you know, all the way down the line. When it's Andrew Strait and Kevin Criswell, all the stuff. I mean, the 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 guy playing on the ball, running the wheel route along the baseline, coming off a double screen, catching at the elbow, and then making something happen. It's like the most tried-and-true thing in Grizz Hoops. We've been watching it since, I don't know, you probably remember all the way back to David Bell. I remember all the way back to, like, I'm trying to think, Travis Walker, Sam Riddle. Like, it's the same thing. They just don't have that guy anymore. Sure. I don't know why. Sure. I don't know why, though. I don't know why a Robbie Beasley or Brandon Whitney or whatever can't become that. Maybe they can. Yeah, they're still young. It's a young they, team. They still are young. But also, you know, I just don't know if – no matter how good or, or solid or whatever any of these guys could ever become, I don't know if they are pros like Ahmad Rory and Michael Ogine. Sure. So I don't know. And I, I think that that's part of the, the glitch. So I, I'll ask you this. If you define yourself as a defensive team and you you do, everybody buys into being gritty and winning these games 58-48, does that then subconsciously or secondarily hinder your ability to execute on offense? Yeah, I think absolutely, especially because your energy level. Sure. You're pouring all your energy into one side of it. Usually, you know, good NBA teams, for instance, good teams in general usually have kind of three offensive player, two defensive player kind of effort level right you have to have a guy that that is your lockdown defender but he cannot put it out on offense that's why the guys in the nba that are so transcendent are 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 truly next level amazing greats the lebron james of the world like letter of the world quiet letter of the world i I love how jimmy butler gets after it you know very few guys can get after it on both ends right this team kind of is like a a mostly just getting after it on defense and on offense seeing what comes to them and it's it's a tried and true system but colter we've talked a lot about the ncaa tournament are you playing to win the Big Sky Tournament. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's a right. good thing. That's, that's a right. very, very good that's thing. That's right. That's right. But can you win with this style in the NCAA tournament when you draw 13 seed and you have to play Michigan? I, it's, it's tough, man. It's the ultimate dichotomy that the Grizz have faced under Travis Secure and will continue to face because, again, you can't win an NCAA tournament game unless you get to the NCAA tournament. And Travis Secure wants to get to the NCAA tournament. Right. But then if you play a 34-game schedule that way, I totally agree. You're never going to bully ball Michigan and Virginia. Never. And that's the other other thing for the Grizz that's been out of their control is that the league isn't as good as what the Grizz want to be. And Eastern experienced this a little bit as well the last handful of years. And so it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, the Grizz won 26 games back-to-back years. They were two of the better teams we've ever covered. And they they still got a 14 and a 15 and had to play Michigan. For sure. like, what's it take to actually get a better seed than that? I don't really even know uh, because the league is going to hold you down. I mean, you can't really go can't do better than 18 and 2 in the league. Like, you're just not going to go 20 and 0. Right. And so, I don't know. Uh, I think that it is sort of uh, a dichotomy because, again, you want to get there and you can't get. This is the way that they've decided they want to get there. So, uh, it is endlessly fascinating. But this weekend, with Idaho, which is a, a mirror image in style to Montana coming to town. That's going to be an interesting one because that'll be a, a slugfest, I'm almost certain, tonight in Missoula. And then Saturday, you get the dichotomy. Eastern plays the exact opposite style of Montana. They want to open it up and ISO and all that. And so we'll see. The irony here is, though, the best offensive performance for the Grizzlies so far this year at Eastern Washington. They scored 91 points and won 91-78. Yep, yep. And uh, so it should be uh, an interesting weekend of Grizz Hoops upcoming. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Brooks Nuanas, Skyline Sports, MT.com, in studio with us. And Brooks, on the other side of the Continental Divide, don't look now, but Montana State has won 9 out of 10. They're sitting there at 6-2 and two in league play. Their, one of their two league losses was an overtime loss, their very first conference game a long time ago. So uh, they've been dang good. I know when Danny Sprinkle first got hired, it was such an, an interesting analysis of him taking over the program. 
because he's taking over for Mr. Smooth Talker, Brian Fish. I mean, Fish is one of the most entertaining, engaging people you'd ever meet. I mean, he still calls me all the time just to talk because Fish just can't stop talking. He always wants to know what's going on, what's the scoop, whatever. But Fish was a phenomenal recruiter, and after that, a, a lot left to be desired. And we just wondered, well, how, where's this guy that went to Montana State from Montana? He's going to understand the roots and the dynamics of the program, certainly. He's going to understand the fundamental challenges and all that. But as a guy who's never coached anywhere besides a four-year stint at Montana State under Brad Hughes and then split stints between Cal State Fullerton and Cal State Northridge, you know, pretty pretty okay but not elite Big West programs, what's Danny Sprinkle going to be able to do? Well, I've been more pleasantly surprised with Danny Sprinkle as far as a coaching hire that I maybe was was uh, undecided about when it happened than almost any coach coaching hire we've covered. He is... He's he's uh, he's added. He, I think he understands young people as well as any coach that we cover in the Big Sky, particularly any coach in the state of Montana. I think he understands the new age dynamic. But I also expected him to build his program around skill and shooting, and that's part of it. But they are way tougher than I expected them to be. They are one of the toughest teams in the league. I mean, they are on par in toughness with Montana and Southern Utah, which was never the case for the Bobcats. I mean, they out-toughed Montana in a Cat Grizz game. That hasn't happened since I was in high school, probably. It's been forever since that was the case. It's a true testament to what he's been able to instill there at MSU. And uh, now here the Bobcats are sitting there. They're, I mean, they're 14-5. and five. They're closing out 21 seasons. They haven't had 21 seasons since, since I was a freshman in high school. So, Sprinkle, he's done a hell of a job there at MSU. Absolutely, man. And, and that toughness, a lot of times, we always got to remember who the players are, you know. For sure. I mean, Spring, I, I think Brian Fish wanted to be as tough as anyone. It just wasn't happening. For sure. Because Tyler Hall and Harold Frey just aren't really built like that. For sure. Uh, and Fish know. had some tough guys. He did. But certainly. they just had this weird dichotomy of style because he would have these edgy guys like Quentin Everett who could get up in your grill and literally had a grill. and Grill, gold teeth. Yeah, but, but, but when your backcourt is shooting the ball after 10 seconds on the shot clock and they're scoring 25 points a game each, you're going to play 80 games in the 80s. It's just how it goes. It has to be like it that. It has to be like that. Right. So now, Sprinkle, they can score and um, and be tough, which is a, a good balance. I think that's where you want to be, right? That's where Southern Utah has been so successful. Sure. That's where Northern Colorado, you know, in the last four years ago with Jordan Davis and Andre Spite and those kind of guys that you have a guy like Andre Spite that can fill it up, but then you have the toughness of Jordan Davis and you can score in the 90s but still play defense when it matters. And, you know, the good Montana teams you mentioned, Ahmad Rory and Michael Gini, I mean, those teams did that too. So Montana State has that right now. Amin Adamu gets after it. You know, he's might be the most athletic player in the league. You yep. know, one of the two or three. Yep. And he he can he can lock people up and then he gets out in the break and that and him in transition, it's a tone setting experience, you know. Yeah. Him being absent last week was fascinating too, because when he was first out for the last road trip, I thought, ooh, that's a big hit for the Cats. They actually adjusted pretty seamlessly without him, and I'm not saying they're better without him by any means, but they did play a little bit different of a style, way more Xavier Bishop-oriented, and Bishop was really, really good. I mean, he scored 26 points and had six nasty, assists. Man. He's very good. I guess, I mean, he had 26 and six against NAU and was really good, and uh, I think they're starting to see the emergence of a couple of their young guys coming off the bench as well. I mean, Raekwon Battle, a transfer from Washington, to get that guy to buy into a role coming off the bench, and then he can come off the bench and play any of three or four different positions, that's pretty big time. And Kellen Tynes, I mean, Danny Sprinkle told me that Kellen Tynes is the most talented on-ball defender he's ever had in his career as a wow. coach, assistant, or 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 head. And uh, so Tynes has definitely become a contributor as well. But more than any of the personnel stuff, the thing I appreciate about Sprinkle is I think that in – in this day and age of college sports, particularly in a small league like the Big Sky Conference, and particularly in Montana where you're going to get way more media exposure than any of your other peers, mitigating and regulating the amount of hype that your program gets is a huge factor. 
it's a it's the way of the world to have Twitter videos and you know you're glorifying everybody all the time for this and that and the other highlight videos afterwards hype videos before you know Kellentine's hit a three and there's the graphic of him giving the whatever the gif it's all part of it whatever but the thing I appreciate about both Travis DeCure and Danny Sprinkle but particularly Sprinkle because he goes out of his way to do this every time that there's like a graphic like there's a graphic earlier this week about the 14 and 5 start and winning 9 out of 10 and you know where they're at right now and just platitudes best start in 24 seasons first time they've had this many wins and at this time since you know 2002 whatever Sprinkle always retweets it or posts it on whatever social media saying hey appreciate what these guys have done so far proud of them nowhere we're not anywhere yet and he talked about it on this show. He said, hey, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters until you go to play three games in Boise to go to the NCAA tournament. And like he said uh, on the show on Tuesday, we're so far away from playing in the championship game on Saturday, we got to keep getting better. So I just think that his ability to sort of balance the new age phenomenon and as well as keep his team driven, he does it as good as anybody in the league. And they have fun. They have fun. You know, it looks like they're having fun. They like it. What a novel concept. Yeah, they enjoy it. That doesn't happen in all of college basketball for some some dumb reason, but it's just the, the way it is. Well, I mean, what's been one of the biggest turning points of the Trisha Binford era at Montana State? So much fun, man. You watch, fun. You, you watch them celebrate on the bench. Uh, revitalization of the aspect of fun in the Lady Grizz program has been a huge, huge boost to them. Huge. Oh, it's a whole different product. I mean, they're, they're, the whole defining factor of the Lady Grizz for the previous two seasons before this one was just... The mania of everybody wondering what's going to happen. Are we coaching for our jobs? Are we coaching? Are we playing for our playing time? Just, just looking at the bench constantly. When am I getting subbed out? Is yeah, just, just yeah. so ridiculous. And now, despite their loss to the uh, Montana State on Monday, Lady Grizz look a lot, lot more fluid and like they're having a lot more fun. Yeah, as well. totally, man. It's such such a huge part of basketball. You know, basketball is the is a beautiful game, and it, it needs to have a drop of fun in it, especially when you're winning. I think it's how you can continue and carry momentum. Brooks Dwyer, SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll be providing full coverage from across the big sky, specifically shooting the games and covering the games in Missoula Thursday night and Saturday night. So check out SkylineSportsMT.com. And also keep it dialed right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. More Big Sky Conference hoops and around the world of sports. Right after this, it's ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Big Sky Conference men's basketball teams return to the Treasure State for the first time in more than two weeks starting tonight. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula, the Montana Grizzlies play their first home game since New Year's Day with Idaho coming to town. The last time UM took the court at Dahlberg Arena, the Grizz posted a 74-72 win over Weber State. UM has won 4 of 5 since Big Sky play re-engaged on December 30th, including sweeping Portland State and Northern Arizona on the road last week. The Vandals lost six straight games to start the new year, but beat Portland State on Monday for their second straight win. The victories over PSU and Sac State marked the first two-game winning streak over Division I opponents since March of 2018 for the Vandals. The Grizzlies eliminated Idaho in the Big Sky Tournament last spring. In Bozeman, Montana State's men host Eastern Washington on Thursday in their first home game since beating the Grizz 66-59 on January 9th. The Bobcats have won 9 out of 10, including 5 in a row after last week's road sweep. EWU, the defending Big Sky champions, sit at 5-3 and three in league play despite the departure of head coach Shante Leggins and eight Eastern players in the offseason, including Tanner Groves, last season's league MVP. The Montana State women play at EWU tonight, and the Lady Grizz play in Cheney on Saturday. MSU and UM's games against the Idaho women were postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
epic. Fade to black, baby. Gotta see these guys someday. Live in concert before I die. Metallica for you on a Thursday. I bet you didn't know that was Metallica. If you did, you knew. Maybe you didn't know. They can go a little acoustic harmony. This is actually even old Metallica, too. You want us now? You've been Radio SWX Montana Television. Although we are not on SWX right now because it's the game of the week right now between the Montana Tech Ore Diggers and uh, University of Providence Argos. Frontier Conference action, game of the week on SWX Montana. A little women's basketball for you. At half, University of Great Falls leads Montana Tech 28-22. Competitive game so far. Coming coming to you from Great Falls, they are uh, on SWX. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate you being here. Every other Tuesday, we have the business angle. We feature the business angle, which is an overlay between business and sports. Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, joins us. One of the most insightful and articulate guys we have contributing to this show. Love talking all things Justin Angle, but uh, pretty interesting what's going on in the NFL playoffs. He and I talked about the Olympics, marketing within the Olympics on Tuesday, but then the segment ran a little long, so we saved the second half for today. Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. You're listening to this as we record it from the Studio 49 here on the University of Montana campus at the Gallagher Business Building. Justin Angle, a professor of business here at UM, joining us like he does every other week, every other Tuesday, a business angle, the overlay between business and sports, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. We're talking about the Olympics and sort of the visibility of popularity or lack thereof and the potential viewership for the Winter Olympics from Beijing that start next week. And Justin, we were talking sort of about the dynamics of what makes people engage in sports. I think the last thing that comes to my mind is discussion points. So much of sports is we love rooting for or against certain teams, betting on them or against them, the accumulation of points in fantasy football and things like that. But also, though, hey, did you see this when it happened in the game last night? What could this coach have done different? Did you see the last 13 seconds of the Chiefs game? Should the Bills have squibbed? Should the Cowboys have used a timeout? Whatever. And then we, we we debate, we debate, we debate. It's a fun, but it also kind of brings us together. Like Andrew Houghton, who's going to uh, do something with you a little later on, but he's our producer here at ESPN Missoula. He and I lived together. We were just making some food the other weekend day, and uh, we turned on the Olympic trials for women's aerials. Great. Impressive. Unbelievable to watch. I have no clue what's better than what. <laughs> Unless you wreck horrifically, there's no, like, well, what could have done better than this? Or did you see how she did this better than her, sure. and that's why she won? There's no discussion point whatsoever. I think we're just completely in awe of what they do, but it all just looks the same, so there's no discussion point. Yeah, I, I yeah, that ability to kind of create, um, it certainly creates drama, but it doesn't create, you know, consternation. Yeah, that's over, right. You know, decision-making. Right. I mean, you know, maybe in the hockey games or in the summer in the basketball games, the sports that we sort of start to understand, we can get closer to that. But, yeah, like if, if an athlete in some aerial, you can see when a mistake is made and you can see when somebody has like a, a, a just a style of movement or a grace that others don't have. But you can't really say like, oh, yeah, that was a bad decision to go for that next rotation because it's like, who the heck knows if that's a bad decision or not? Right. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't create much compelling uh, conversation. You know, one, one other thing with the Olympics that I think is part of this too is that, at least for me, like growing up, and 
and for years and years, I had this romantic notion of what the Olympics represented. Yes. And I just think that's been undercut so yep. much with all the controversy around doping and misbehavior by the IOC and this latest thing we talked about a few weeks ago with Peng Shui, the tennis player, and the IOC stepping in and, and sort of getting in bed with China and some opaque ways to be as charitable as possible. Yeah, I think people are maybe sick of the drama and like how these sort of Olympic cities get chosen. Just, uh, you know, it's it just seems more and more corrupt as we as we learn more about it. Well, the lines between amateur and professional, yeah, gotten, it's gotten too. so blurred. I mean, right? I love the dream team, but you can kind of, you know, point to the dream team as the start of that. No question, right? I mean, it used to be so, some of the biggest stars that would come out of the Olympics, both summer and winter, would be the really young female gymnasts yeah. and skaters. And there was such a, like you said, romanticism and almost naivety to those athletes. It wasn't like this. Like Simone Biles is a one of the greatest athletes in the history of the world. There's no question about mm-hmm. it. But it was also as if she was like this creation because of all of the life she had to dedicate to becoming oh, yeah. this premier athlete. Mm-hmm. There's not that same, you know, Mary Lou Retton or, or whatever, whoever you want to bring up, Nadia Komanich, just sort of the innocence of it all. It was like, well, that person was destined to become the most decorated gymnast ever. We basically made her do it yeah. to the point of becoming the most decorated gymnast ever and then having a mental breakdown and wanting to walk away from the sport. There is no savory nature to it hardly at all, and that is. It's really bad for the the sort of um, publicity that surrounds the Olympics. Yeah, great. Um, I think it's on Netflix. It's a film that Michael Phelps produced. Yes. We talked about it. The Weight of Gold. The Weight of Gold. And it, it tells that sort of backstory of even athletes that succeed at the highest level in the Olympics. Right. After that's over, a lot of them don't have great career prospects. Totally. Uh, you know, and the rug kind of gets ripped out from under, under them. Well, it's like Phelps says. He says uh, the one Olympics where he won seven gold medals, he said, <laughs> I got to enjoy it for two days because... Everybody kept asking me, I'm going to make a run at it again. Yeah. Okay, if I am, I have to start training now. Right. Four years ahead of the, the next Olympic Games. So it was a sort of like a machine that he became a part of. And when you're when, it, when it's over. Right. You're, you know, maybe in your mid-20s. Right. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're really, really good at one thing. Yes. And that doesn't mean you're good at other things. When you start to compete for jobs, you know, at, at real companies, um, yeah, you, you learn pretty quickly that, wow, all the sacrifices I made to be dominant at this one thing cost me in other areas of my life. And uh, the hard realities of that are, are illustrated pretty poignantly in that film. A business angle, Justin Angle, doing this from Studio 49 on the UM campus. We do this every other Tuesday. We'll be doing this uh, this style for the foreseeable future. Uh, let's quickly talk about the NFL yeah. playoffs. Uh, before we get into the Los Angeles Rams and their ticketing policy that's upcoming I do want to ask you about one broad marketing thing. We've talked about the giant that the NFL is. We're talking about all these reasons why people maybe gravitate away from the Olympics, which mm-hmm. used to be like the end-all, be-all. You're getting the biggest rating share besides the Super Bowl every single time the Olympics rolls around. To now, the NFL owns that space. And I find it fascinating because for almost any other professional sport or any other type of sport, period, if the two biggest and most visible stars in the sport, the two most polarizing men in the sport were to be eliminated on the same weekend, it would be a catastrophe. We saw it with the NBA playoffs when there was no LeBron James and no, you know, whoever else you want to name it, it, it within the scope of the NBA playoffs, and the, the ratings were way down. For NBA faithfuls, people loved it still, but not even close to the, the sort of fringe star power you're going to get. Well, 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are out. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are out. Yet the NFL fully wins because you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have this upstart Bengals team. You still have a team from L.A. in a huge market making a run. But more than anything, though, this is what I find fascinating. The NFL ultimately wins because you still have teams playing, and yet everybody's talking about the two teams that lost. So you have the conversation dominated on both sides. What's Brady and Rodgers going to do while the championship weekend's upcoming? The NFL, I don't know if I want to say they have it figured out in the uh, the most savory of ways, but they definitely have it nailed. They have a captive audience when it comes to the American sporting public. I just think yeah, there's there's I, I hesitate to say this in some ways, but I think as far as like products ever created, yes, NFL football is perhaps one of the best products ever created. Yes. You know, on par with the iPhones. And yep. it's just its ability to kind of transcend every other competitor in the category. Yep. The scarcity of games, the, the fact that they own Sundays, and it creates this cycle where, yeah, today's Tuesday. We're still kind of breaking down what happened over the weekend, totally. venting our spleen or celebrating or speculating. And then as the week transitions, we'll start looking forward to the next week. And then they own that place on the calendar. It's sacred. Uh, it's become the religion of sports fans and, and the religion of the country in many ways. And, yeah, you've got these great personalities, um, the, the Bradys and the um, – the Rodgers, and, and they're out. But, yeah, you said people are still talking about him. And I don't know, too, like, you know, I, I don't know with Tom Brady. See, so I grew up in New England, I'm a Patriots sure. fan, and so I, I love all the Patriots, Tom Brady stuff. But is he more popular now that he left? Like, do people actually oh, absolutely. like him? Okay. Because he humanized himself. He's no longer... He's no longer the uh, the evil um, empire. Exactly, he was yeah. the evil empire. Yeah. He's not quite Darth Vader because that's Bill Belichick, but he was like the the disciple of Bill or something. And sure. now that he you know gets giggly with a glass of champagne on a yacht with Rob Gronkowski yep. and almost throws the Super Bowl trophy into the ocean, people are like, oh, he is kind of a normal guy, and he is he's become way more popular, I think. Yeah, and I think too, like and it, that popularity has created a following, but at the same time, it's also you know when he does lose. It's noteworthy, yep. but it's also democratizing. It's yep. like you've got these other teams yep. in the mix, and they're new faces and fresh faces, but they're also the Rams are in a giant media market. Totally. Right? So, like, that is great for the NFL in terms of activating a fan base um, that's kind of been dormant for, for many years. And so, yeah, just a ton of upside for the NFL. The thing that's so fascinating to me is, as you mentioned, in, in the scope of the market share, the NFL can truly do nothing wrong. That's what's so crazy to me. The worst scenario you could ever think up, and people talk about it, cry about it, complain about it, not one person doesn't watch it. Not one person. The Las Vegas Raiders had the most horrific year ever. They had a receiver kill an innocent person driving 160 miles per hour blind drunk through Vegas. They have a coach get his emails hacked, endless amounts of racial epitaphs yep. throughout the emails. Last game of the season against the Chargers, sold out. Like, there's not one person that did They, they might have all been talking about it. There might be half the stadium that says, I disagree with this franchise and John Gruden and all these things. Doesn't matter. Yeah, People I mean, still buy NFL, tickets. It's like, it's like tobacco and alcohol, right? right. Like, you, you, I'm not going to short those stocks, even though I feel guilty <laughs> about holding them. Sure. Um, although at the same time, like, you know, nothing lasts forever. Sure. So, you know, just when you think something's a sure bet, you know, I think that's when you're maybe close to a market top. So, you know, that's when I start thinking about uh, leave, you know, 
thinking of other things. No question. Well, last thing for a business angle, Justin Angle here on Nuwaz Now ESPN Radio. The Rams ticketing policy. This yeah. is be fascinating because SoFi Stadium is the gem of gems of of sports stadiums. I mean, this it thing is. costs five billion dollars. It's not just a stadium. They have like businesses, a mall, restaurants. I mean, mm-hmm. you could live there. You absolutely could live there efficiently. Uh, but tell us just about this ticketing policy and, and sort of uh, maybe the controversies that might come from it. Well, I caught this this morning. I mean, the, the, the Niners, are, this is kind of a unique game, you know, to have an NFC championship game with two teams, you know, from the same state, right? In a short, you know, I think it's like five-hour drive. Um, and the Niners in particular, they are a good road team. Right. And so they travel well. And I just love this from the stamp. You know, my home discipline is marketing. I'm always kind of thinking about the customer experience and what are what are businesses doing to engage their customers and loyalty programs and things like that are a big piece of it. And so, yeah, the Rams are not going to sell. They're going to geofence their ticket sales. They're not going to sell to um, zip codes in the Bay Area. To try to keep Niners fans out. Wow! And, and so I think that's, that's crazy. That's interesting on a couple different dimensions. One, it's like, how do we create the best you know home field experience yeah. for our own team and yep. prevent you know to the extent that home field advantage is a thing, they're trying to control that. But what a way to just as a franchise to sort of express loyalty to its own customers um, by crowding you know by by prohibiting customers from the other franchise for buying your product. I just think that's a really interesting move. Well, this is a phenomenon that is sort of new because NFL ticket prices have become so steep. Yeah. And we also have these uh, metropolitan areas in America now that have people from all over the place. So for all of the Lambeau fields and, and, you know, the Buffalo Bills fan base and things like that, these giant cities like Chicago and L.A. and New York, even Seattle to a certain extent, there's so many people that live in those cities that aren't from there yeah. that like other teams that, you know, grew up in New England, now live in L.A. And so then the tickets, it's, it just becomes this giant bidding war. Who can afford it? It has nothing to do with your allegiance to the team. Can yeah. you pay for it? And so you get these smattering of fans. So it is. It's a very interesting strategy. And, and you want to say there's a, a risk for it backfiring. But when you're driving from a metropolitan area of 20 million people, I don't think there is. Yeah, I mean, they're going to fill that stadium. For sure. Right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a genius move. You might consider it e- evil genius. But, anyway, I thought it was pretty interesting. More in a couple weeks. We'll have all sorts of different things to talk about, including a Mid-Olympics update on uh, some real-time results and as well as viewership. This has been a business angle. Justin Angle, University of Montana Business School. Recording down here in his shop, Studio 49. Thanks for letting us come down, man. Thanks for being with us. Anytime. Good to have you. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Former University of Montana Athletic Director Jim O'Day in studio. He's got all sorts of stuff to talk about. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. That was supposed to play on Tuesday. So, not Jim O'Day, just more from me. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. Crossbody got a piece and got a dance, but it's really on some street. I'm going to show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. What up, Montana? A little drink for you on a Thursday. Hope you had an outstanding day, afternoon, evening. I'm about to head down to the Grizz basketball game for the first time in a long time. I haven't watched the Grizz live and in person in almost four weeks. So excited. I know we're in town today. 
and Eastern Washington town Saturday night. So we'll have full coverage for you here at ESPN Radio as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. So look forward to that. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Missed anything in today's show. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath for the first hour of the show. And we heard from Brooks Nuana as breaking down the Big Sky Conference in men's hoops. And the second half of the Business Angle with Justin Angle. Everything can be found on the Nuana is Now podcast. Proudly presented by the Advocates as well as Sports Bet Montana. Tomorrow, well, we made a change. Probably expecting to hear from your good friend Carolyn. Chick who doesn't know sports. Well, we're moving that to Fridays for a little while. So we'll hear from Carolyn. We're also tentatively going to hear from Colt Anderson, All-American safety for the Grizzlies, nine-year NFL veteran now, special teams coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, talking all things NFL playoffs. And uh, also our good buddy Regime Seabrook will be in studio. We'll meet you back here at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now. Have a great night. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get com- Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.